Thanks for joining Cornerstone for our message of the week. We hope you'll be inspired and encouraged. To connect with our church family and to watch our services live, download our app today by texting Sparks Will Fly as one word, app to 77977. That's Sparks Will Fly app to 77977 or by visiting us online at sparkswillfly.cc. know which way I'm going to go, but I can tell you, I feel like I'm about to bust. Um, I want to read something. I've been around this quote probably for a month, and everything I read, this quote is in everything I read. It was written by Charles Finney. And I want to basically just go off of this and uh, we'll just see how we all end up this morning. You good? It says, Brethren, our preaching will bear its legitimate fruits. If I could preach anything this morning, I would preach the day on where's the preacher. (laughs) I said, if I could preach on anything, I would preach where's the preacher in this nation. Come on, church. Where's the preacher? Brother, our preaching will bear its legitimate fruits. If immorality prevails in the land, the fault is ours in great degree. If there is decay of conscience, the pulpit is responsible for it. If the public press lacks moral discrimination, the pulpit is responsible for it. If the world loses its interest in religion, the pulpit is responsible for it. If Satan rules in our halls of legislation, the pulpit is responsible for it. If our politics become so corrupt that the very foundation of our government are ready to fall away, the pulpit is responsible for it. That's a mouthful. So today I will try to articulate what I feel like the Lord's got on my heart. I shared with the elders and a few that I just got through reading a book I've been reading a lot, really, the past few days. And so I just want to try to say what I feel like the Lord is saying to me. We were preaching last night. Catherine's family was in, and she was saying, John, tell them this. I've never seen her encourage me to preach to her family like she was last night. But uh, we had her family, her whole family, was in revival last night. Y'all all right? All right. Acts chapter 13. Let's read a few verses of Scripture. I'm preaching on where's the preacher, okay? How many knows I'm not the only preacher in the room? Stanton's not the only preacher in the room. Junior's not the only preacher in the room, but this is a room full of preachers. I said, I'm in a room full of preachers. I just happen to be a preacher preaching to preachers this morning, okay? And I'm titling, Where is the Preacher? One of the great problems that we've had, and I'll get into this directly, one of the problems why we have lost our, our influence in America is we've tried to put everybody into Christian service by thinking when someone believes that they're called of God, we try to rush them into the church. How many knows that there's seven mountains out there that needs influencing? We need we need preachers in education. We need preachers in politics. We need preachers in media. We need preachers in business. We need them in every parts of society. If you will, in Matthew chapter 13, the parable of the sower, uh, that I know that that's dealing with the Word of God, but you and I also been sown by the hand of the Father in, in through all parts of society. And so the kingdom of God is like leaven, which a woman hid in three measures of meal until the whole lump became leaven. God don't want to put you on a Christian job. Come on, somebody. He wants to put you by foul-mouthed people that do not know nothing about Yahweh God. Come on, somebody. And He wants to salt your life. Come on now. If the salt loses its savior, come on, we are the salt of the earth, right? He wants to work us in like leaven and put us in that, that there be enough of kingdom influence on my life that I can bring kingdom change wherever God has placed me. And if by all necessary, I should be using words. Come on, somebody. If I have to, I'll use the words. But how many knows that our lives should be a representation of the light of the gospel? Got seven people. We hope to get more, okay? 
but but we we we've someone feels like man I mean God's all over my life God's speaking to me but but just because but because that is happening, it doesn't mean that God is calling you to pastor a church. We need people in all parts of society. Now, let me just, uh, this is a verse of scripture I feel like we're supposed to use. Now, in Acts chapter 13, the Bible says in verse 1, Now the church was at, was at Antioch, and there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simeon, who, were called, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Meninian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch the, and Saul. And as as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then I have then having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them and they sent them away. I believe that I believe today that this is happening all over across the globe, but especially in the church of America, that I believe that God is separating some people. Come on, somebody. How many knows that many are called? but few are chosen. I want to be a part of the chosen and I want to live a part of the separated people. Come on, somebody. We were never meant, come on, somebody, just to have good church. We were never meant to come fit in and to, and to conform to the culture around us. God's looking for an expression of culture to come to the church through the church. All right. So, as we read by Finney, he said that the problem lies in the pulpit. So I'm going to preach on where's the preachers. Now let's go to Romans chapter 10. Flip right over to Romans chapter 10. The Holy Spirit says, separate me some people. Separate me some folks right here. I got a work in which I want them to do. Romans chapter 10. I'm not going to read all of this. But he says, How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? I'm telling you this morning, this is what I hear the voice of the Lord saying to me, Junior, God is looking for a preacher. He is tired of us hiding our light unto a bushel. Come on, somebody. Now's not a day. We're not in an hour in America, friend, for the church to be hiding a light under a bushel. We are not in a day in America where the church has got to worry about offending people. It's time we preach the gospel, friend. Paul showed up to Romans. He said, I'm ready to get to you. I'm ready to preach the gospel to those that at Rome that I may impart something to you. Friend, I'm telling you, preachers have something to give besides theology of what I'm talking about this morning. Paul was ready to impart something into them and he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation. We have got to be unashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus. Hmm. How shall they hear How shall they hear unless they have a preacher? So we've taken people that we believe the call of God is on their life and we say, well, if the call of God is on your life, we've got to put you into Christian service and get you inside the church when God's trying to get outside the church. What we've got to learn how to do is say, hey, listen, God is all over your life, but listen here, he's called you to be a teacher. God is all over her life, but he's called her to be a teacher. She's to get in that classroom, pray over that classroom. I listen. How many listens to Deputy, uh, Deputy Keys? How many's ever heard of Deputy Keys? Oh, we live in a sheltered society. Come on, you get up. You, you, I listen to, there's a CD called Presence, and there's track number three on there, Pray. It's about 25 minutes long. I listen to Deputy Keys all the time. I mean, this is why if you watch our, our live streams, this is what's playing in the office. I mean, it's just ministering unto the Lord. Well, Catherine's got Dappy playing in that classroom. Come on, somebody. And so before those kids ever come in that classroom, she's praying, Father, I just thank you for this day. I thank you that this is the day that you have made, God. I thank you, Father God, that this classroom you said out of the book of Joshua, wherever my feet shall tread, that land shall be mine. So, Father, this is my classroom. Lord, this is what you've given me. I take authority over this room in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pull down every high thing 
thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. I pray today that you would use me when the child comes up and hugs me. I pray, Father, they would feel your grace, your love, your mercy, and your compassion. Come on, somebody. This is about kingdom influence on society. We realize that we don't come to church. Come on, somebody. We are the church. You can shut the building down in America, but you can't never shut the church of the living God. Come on, somebody. Come on. We are the ecclesia that Jesus established in Matthew 16. And he said, upon this, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So long the church has been hunkered down saying, well, let's just wait on, well, let's just wait on the rapture. It's going to get so bad that God's going to come and get us. Come on, somebody. That is not a picture of that verse. What Jesus is saying, the devil doesn't have a defense to stop the offense of the church. Come on, somebody. It is time. Jesus said, occupy till I come. That is a military term. That is not a term to hunker down on the pews and pray for the rapture. He said, occupy till I come. I'm ready to occupy something. Anybody else in this room? I'm ready to occupy my place of influence in society. I'm ready for my business to occupy some land. Come on, somebody. I'm ready for my family to occupy some things. Come on, somebody. God wants us to occupy. I'm going to try to calm down in a minute. I'm not mad. So God's trying to send us into education. So you have to see the place where you're at, the place where you're planted, God wants you to flourish. God wants you to flourish in the places that he's put you at. Everyone is not called to stand behind the pulpit, but it doesn't make you less influential if you're not standing behind the pulpit. Come on, somebody. All right. If you're in business, let your business be a testimony of the kingdom of God. If you're teaching, let it be a testimony to the kingdom of God. Whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. It does it. We are all called as ministers of the gospel. 1 Corinthians 15 talks about, Paul talks about how Jesus was in the world. Jesus was uh, in the world reconciling them unto himself. And he said, Paul goes on to say, we are all called to the ministry of reconciliation. We are all called to reckon, to, to, to reckon people back unto God. By what? Not holding their sins against them. All right, so how are they going to hear without a preacher? Let's look at this in John 17. Just floating around right here just a minute. Come on, Allie, Mike, play it for the glory of God. Look at right here. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may also glorify you as you've given me authority over all flesh that they should, get, that they should give eternal life to as many as you, have given to, as you have given him. And this is eternal life that, you may, that, that they may know you, the only true God, Jesus Christ, in whom you have sent. Just a side note, most people's waiting to die until they experience eternal life. You got eternal life when you believed on the Lord Jesus. Come on, church. Eternal life's not when you die and go to heaven. Eternal life is that you may know, that you may know what? God. Come on. And I've glorified you on the earth. I've finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, Father, glorify together with yourself and with the glory which I've given you before the world was. Let's go move on down to verse 15. I do not pray. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world. My God, church, listen to me. Half the church trying to leave the earth right now. Where are you going, friend? Where are you going? Where are you going? John chapter 20, I mean Revelation, at the end of the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ, John said, I saw the new Jerusalem ascend down out of heaven and come down to earth and dwell with men. Where are we going, friend? God's trying to get into earth. Jesus said, I pray, take them not out of the world, but leave them in the world. Leave them right there with that bunch of unrighteous, unruly, ungodly, don't know Yahweh bunch of people and let them influence them with a godly influence. Come on, somebody. This is the role. Take them not out of the world, but leave them right amongst them. So, my God. 
so that when we go through hardship and we listen the Bible says judgment shall come to the house of God first we think that word judgment means God's going to strike us down that word means chaos chaos comes to the house of God first why so the church will have strong footing when the world enters into chaos now it's not a time to buy into everything that the media is trying to sell us about what's going on in this nation come on somebody we've heard it this morning we stand up against racism we had a 200 year old kettle pot on this stage two years ago before there was any right and we bent our face towards heaven come on somebody and we said God have mercy on us we don't have a skin problem in America as Junior said we got a sin problem in America and the antidote to the sin problem is the Lord Jesus Christ and a fire baptized preacher oh my God man I'm telling you right now it's the preacher it's the preacher that is unafraid unashamed ain't worried about a worried about who he's offending but just knows that whom he has believed in whom he has trusted come on somebody Paul showed up and said I'm fully I am fully, fully persuaded this I know in whom I have believed and I know whom I have entrusted we need some people that are fully persuaded in this hour now's not a time to have one foot in the world and one foot in the church we gotta make up our mind friend what who we gonna serve you can't serve two masters either God Yahweh's your God and make him Lord man I'm hollering this morning I feel this thing though man I'm telling you I'm telling you I take full responsibility of what goes on in my city and a Facebook video that circulated in my city, this is what I said. It does not represent my city. It represents an ignorant person. Come on, somebody. And I refuse to allow one family's ignorance to determine what happens over my city. Come on, somebody. I said, come on, somebody. We've gathered in this church for 26 years with multi-race, different color. Come on, somebody. And I refuse to let some lying spirit or some devil of hell come up in this sheep pen to divide what God is trying to unify in the name of the Lord. Where is the preacher in America? My God, I feel the Holy Ghost of heaven. Man, I'm telling you, where is the preacher? The preacher's, be, the preacher's busy building his congregation with as many people compromising the gospel just as much as he can to get the people in the building. Listen here, friend. I'd rather have three people like Jesus had in Jairus' house than a room full of doubters any day. But let me tell you something. He looked at that 12-year-old girl that was perishing. He said to Lethakuma, I say unto thee, arise. And she was, re- she was resurrected. All right. So, people's after. Don't act like you ain't seen the video. I don't have Facebook, and I've seen it. But here's the thing. You can't expect the world but to be nothing but the world. Come on, somebody. Sinners are going to sin. All I can tell you is I can't tell you what out of what I got out of a book. All I can tell you is this. When I graduated high school in 1997, my family didn't know God. I had the rebel flag on my class ring, the rebel flag on my truck. But can I tell you, I had a living encounter with the Christ. Come on, somebody. And it melts every bit of that away. If you if you full of racism this morning, you've not met the Christ. Come on, somebody. And here's another problem we got in America. The church is not drunk enough. A drunk man will love anybody. He don't care what skin color you are. He don't care what nationality you are. He don't care what economic status you are. He just wants to hang out with somebody else that'll drink with him. Can I tell you when the church in America gets drunk again, we'll watch this stuff fall by the wayside. God will burn it up. My God, I'm preaching. If 
Father, don't take them out of the world. Esther wasn't crying to leave. She realized she had a place. She realized she was born for a time such as this. Mordecai, her uncle said, Esther, God has put you in the kingdom for a time such as this. She wasn't ready to get out. David was not afraid of serving Nebuchadnezzar. Come on, somebody. Even though he was a magician and a soothsayer known to Nebuchadnezzar, that's what he was. But how many knows that God had planted him in that, in that pagan government? Come on, somebody, to bring about change. That is what we are here for. Y'all right? My God, I'm screaming like a Pentecostal guy. Here's the thing. Look at this verse of Scripture. Matt showed me this. I've read this a hundred times, but when he brought it out, I told him I was going to steal it and preach it, and I'm about to do it. So here's the thing. You know, you know, Steve, we can't offend people. You can't preach politics. Are you kidding me? It's quiet up in here. Hey. Don't offend nobody. We don't want to offend nobody. See, that's why we, we do Sunday night service when people speak in tongues. But we don't want to speak in tongues on Sunday morning and offend nobody. Meanwhile, we keep burying the sick. Come on, somebody. Homosexuals sit right on the pews in our church and they're unchallenged or are not even convicted of the lifestyle that they're living. Come on, somebody. This is what I told Stanton. I said, if somebody's life's not right with God and they can hear you preach for three weeks, that is an indictment to your relationship with God and it is an indictment to your ministry. Come on, somebody. But I'm telling you, once we get some fire-baptized preachers up in here, the fear of God will grip the church again. Come on, somebody. Am I in the Bible? We don't want to offend nobody. Lord, I'll never forget. I've never have forgotten this. There's a sermon I wish I could find it. It's called, it's called Take Another Drink or Either Joel's Bar. But it was preached by Jensen Franklin. And they come up to Jensen. And he shared this in a story that one of the head surgeons at Emory had come to this church or whatever. And you know, Pastor, we don't, don't, don't let it get too crazy today. You know, we got Brother so-and-so. He's the head surgeon at Emory. What most people were looking at is the dollars he was going to give in the plate. Come on, some. I'm here to tell you what I learned as a, as a early, in my early 20s as an evangelist traveling. I remember going to this church that was a grown, big church. I said, my God, we're going to get an offering today that's going to blow our minds. Got, got back in the truck. It barely paid for the gas it took me to get to the building. Then uh, two weeks later, Catherine, remember this, we were called to run a revival in Waycross, Georgia, in a little old country church with only about 50 people. And God took enough to pay our house payment for two months. Come on, somebody. I learned right quick, like it's God that is the provision. Come on, somebody. It ain't Johnny Big Bucks. And what I found to be true, as long as I preach the truth of the gospel and I preach what God called me to preach, if Big Johnny gets offended, he walks out the back door. God will either send 10 to replace him or he'll wake up another big Johnny Big Bucks and send him here because God will always he will always finance his work. Come on somebody. He is a provider. I can't get nobody up in here that believes it. I said God is a provider and he will always finance his vision. So We don't want to offend nobody. John, why you got to get on that hard stuff? Why you got to preach by this? I remember 97%, I believe it's the, I could be wrong, it's 94 or 97% of preachers in America will never preach a sermon on abortion because it will offend people. Oh, and we don't want to offend. What Bible do you read? If you see Jesus as some little old lamb walking the streets of Galilee, friend, where is that picture of him at in your Bible? 
Where's the picture of John who was the forerunner who went to prepare the way at his church who was out there? He was different, friend. He didn't have, he had a diet of, he had a weird diet. He just caught the locusts to come by. He wore camel's hair. He didn't put his church downtown. He was out in the wilderness. Come on, somebody. But the Bible says he stayed in the wilderness until the word of the Lord came to him. My God, we need the preacher to get the word of the Lord. Come on. And not the word of the Elijah Lewis and not the word of the latest press. We need the preacher to get the word of the Lord. Come on, somebody, and become a voice of one crying in the wilderness, not some echo of what God used to do, not what he yet, what did he did back then. Where's the God of 2020, friend? Come on, somebody. We need the voice now. So he's he's just he's this unusual looking character. And the church of his day, he finally got a chance to preach a leadership conference. And the Pharisees and Sadducees came to see him. You would have think he would have been in the latest church growing model and said, man, we need to, we need to learn how to cater to these. John looked at them and said, you white men, you dead, you're whitewashed tombs full of dead men's bones. Come on, so he began to call out that form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Where is the power of God? Come on, somebody. Is God still a healer, church? Is he still a deliverer, church? Does blind eyes still open? Does deaf ears still open? Does he still break the back of crack cocaine? Does he still break the back of pornography? And all of these sins that has eaten the heart of the church. My God. I'm going to get some invitations from some holiness churches in a minute. All right. Look at this. Stand look at this verse of scripture. You know what I'm about to read. First Kings 18, verse 17. Then it happened when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said to him, Is that you? Is that you, O troubler? <laughs> Is that you, O troubler of Israel? How many preachers have gotten this title lately? Is that you, O troubler? Then a Raven Hill said, it's one thing to be known by men. It's another thing to be known by God. But let me say this. He wrote a chapter in his book, Why Revival Tarries, Are You Known in Hell? Does the devil tremble when your feet hit the ground? Come on, son. You troubler. Other words, Elijah was not there to conform to what was already there. Elijah wasn't trying to fit in. Come on, somebody, with the preacher boys of his day. He came with a message from heaven, and he looked at Ahab, and he looked at Jezebel. Ahab was a weak man that was allowing his wife to slay the prophets of Baal. And Elijah shows up on the scene, and he said, I am Elijah the Tishbite, and at the sound of my voice, it will not rain for three and a half years. You old troubler of Israel. Look at this verse of scripture that I found. Matthew 26, 55 in the New Living Translation. In the New Living Translation. Then Jesus said to the crowd, I am, am I some dangerous revolutionary? Where's the dangerous revolutionaries, church? Come on. Does anybody feel what I'm preaching this morning? Where's the dangerous revolutionaries? Where's the one? Well, well, we can't preach on politics. Are you kidding me, friend? The politicians is what's making the rules and legislating law in this nation that will either make us, that will either break our backs or help us. And if you are a believer, you should be looking and searching the ones that are going to stand for biblical principles got five people that believe that so oh John don't preach on politics don't preach on when one party stands up at the national convention and boos God that hates the Bible that hates marriage come on somebody don't tell me to be silent, friend. Come on, somebody. This is my children's children that's going to have to grow up in this. We are in this situation right now because the pulpit has been silenced in America. Oh, nobody will ever kill a child. That's just crazy. Nobody will ever kill a child. And yet today your government takes your taxpayer dollars and gives Planned Parenthood $500 million a year to go abort young African-American babies. It's a black genocide and nobody is crying out about it. a sign that was put in New York City said the most dangerous 
the most dangerous thing to an African-American baby in the womb is not a white man. It's Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood was founded by Margaret Sanger who wrote in her book that black people are weeds of society. Go study it, friend. But yet we rock on. Oh, the pulpit in America. No, we can't preach politics. No, we can't preach politics. No, we can't preach politics. Just rock on. Elijah said you, Ahab said you troubler. That was to the, that was to the institution of his days. One leading politician just released this. Just sent to me last night. The church in America needs to stop going after marriage. And it needs to leave the unborn alone. Quit trying to protect life and quit trying to protect marriage. What they need to do is take care of the poor. Here's a news flash. That is one of the most ignorant. My God, I'm about to, I'm going to try to keep it G-rated up in here because the kids is in here. Lord, help me not cuss through this. Y'all praying in a seat. The church has done more to help poverty. Man, come on, church. Than any organization on the face of God's planet. I give of my personal money thousands of dollars a year. We put thousands into this community. And yet you tell me as a preacher that I shouldn't be concerned about the unborn and concerned about marriage that God established it. Oh, but yet we got these slick-haired willies now that know how to preach that's been to cemetery and that's trying to be educated on how to preach. Tell us, you know what Paul said? No, you go to the beginning. Because the beginning, if you ever want to interpret Scripture, it's the law of first mention. And in the beginning, God established a man in the garden called Adam. And number two, he put a woman named Eve in the garden. Come on, somebody. Two men can't go, go obey the first commandment, which is be fruitful and multiply. Where's the travelers? And yet, somebody said, well, here in our local community, don't put John on this board. Don't allow John to get on this board because he's going to go against what you, he, he, I'm just telling you, he's going to, he'll say something and he's going to cause a commotion on this board. I'm sorry, friend. God did not call me as some little old slick, willy, khaki-wearing, polo-wearing, God called me as a troubler. Don't tell me I've wept over this city, friend. We love to quote John 10 and 10. Well, the thief cometh to kill, steal, and destroy. And you've acted like that was the devil. That is never about the devil, friend. I challenge you on your theology this morning. It was never written about the devil. John 10 is a, is a, is a follow-up of John 9. And it goes in the whole chapter has to deal with the shepherd and the hireling. What Jesus said, that hireling that is only standing up there to draw a check. He is the thief that is stealing and killing from my people. Come on, somebody. Where is the preacher? So let's go right on. Oh, Jesus said in the garden, you come, you come and arrest this revolutionary guy. Now let's go a little further. Y'all all right? I'm about to be done. I'm sure glad my in-laws stay home today because I'm going to have a lot to explain. <laughs> Hold on. Let me say this. If you look for a pristine white pristine clean candidate that'll run for office there never has been to run for a public office and there never will be someone said John are you going to politic 2020 I asked you that question this if you ask me if I'm going to preach about abortion I'll be preaching about it. If you ask me, I'll be preaching about marriage. I'll be preaching about it. Man, let's just go on because, I mean, it's not like I'm trying to. You don't preach stuff like this trying to build your church. Just grow it down. This will produce a Gideon's army.
we got to deal with more than just the issue of sin. Not only is this in the white church, there's one church, okay? But when are we going to deal with the issue of fatherlessness that's ate up a culture? The reason why our young boys, white and black, that has no respect for authority is because there's no father at the house. Father teach you how to respect, respect authority real quick. Come on. But why don't we grow up and quit blaming? Listen here, I don't care what side of the tracks you grew up on. I didn't grow up on no pretty set of side of the tracks either. But I never let that hold me to where I was at. Acts chapter 15, let's read this. I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation. Y'all all right? I'm not beating nobody down. How many knows I'm just, I'm just, I'm preaching for those that are watching. I'm not talking to nobody in here. I'm just trying to help those that are watching. Acts chapter 17. Just show where we're at. We, we, we take of this church. I don't want to misquote the figure, but I think it was around $8,000, was it not, Stanton, that we put in the last event that we did at the high school, which was shut down before the high school. When we gathered leaders in this county to try to get together for an event to go at the high school, because how many knows if you want to catch fish, you don't fish in a pond that's already been sained? Huh? First of all, if I'm going to put my boat in there, I know that there's something in there for us to catch. So we're going to where the fish is at. We're going to the high school. But because of the laws and the legislators, the people we voted in to change laws in this nation. Oh, and you can't preach politics. Don't talk about the drag queens that sit in the public school systems in L.A. Don't talk about the drag queens that sit in your public schools in L.A. and your elementary kids and tell the child, if you feel gay, you're probably gay. Don't never let nobody tell you. Nothing wrong with that. And then if the preacher, if the preacher comes and tells that child you're not gay, but you're struggling in some areas in your life, the preacher's arrested because they went against what the child felt. My generation was not raised up on feelings, but this generation is being raised up on feelings. In the great work of the book called The Coddling of the American Mind, they give a fictional story at the beginning of that book. And they talk about this guy named Lipsius who lives in, in Athens, Greece on the northern slope of the Mount Olympus. And they, they talk about this figure that's in there and he's got a well springing up in his, in his cave and it's called the Fountain of Life. And these two guys that have studied, all, studied our educational system all across America, they went and, we went to sat down in front of Lipsius and said, you know, um, um, I'm, I'm mispronouncing his name, I think. But anyhow... It's been a while since I read the book. So anyhow, they said, give us, give us the wisdom. He says, first, drink from the fountain of life, and I shall give you wisdom that you shall put into this generation. He said, first of all, I will give you three things. He said, these three things is this. Number one, always trust your feelings. Number two, life is a battle between good people and evil people. Number three, help me. Come on, man. Help me, Holy Ghost. Always trust your feelings. Life is between good people and evil people. And, thank you, avoid pain at all costs. What does it kill you makes you weaker. The reason why you've seen riots like you've seen at UC Berkeley, where the, where the destruction of $500,000 worth of property in one night and no arrest is not because Donald Trump went to the White House. It is because in 2013, the millennials left the educational system. That was the last year. 2013, 2014 is that graduating class. Now we got the Gen Zers. And these are the three untruths that Gen Zers have embraced. That life is between good people and evil people. In other words, if you're a Democrat, a Republican is evil. If you're a Republican, a Democrat is, is, is evil. That is absolutely wrong. They believe always trust your feelings. If you trust your feelings, you will live a bankrupt life. 
There's days I wake up, I don't feel like no wild man, preacher man. Come on, somebody. But I don't go by what I feel. There's times I pray for the sick that I don't feel like nothing happened. But I'm not going by feeling. Come on, somebody. The Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. Come on. Where's the preacher? Then yet. Avoid pain at all cost. When I was growing up in school and I went home and told daddy somebody hurt me, that means somebody beat the snot out of me. That means we got in a fight and somebody whooped me. But to now it's, I don't like your Facebook page. I'm hurt. What does it kill you makes you stronger. The human race is the most. Come on, we face adversity. Paul said we have we are stricken in all sides. Come on, somebody. We are cast down, but we are not destroyed. Come on, somebody. We are made more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. We have a testimony because we've been through a test. Come on, somebody. Don't allow these untruths to get embedded in your children's hearts. Acts 17, verse 4. Some of the Jews were convinced that their message was true. So they joined Paul and Silas along with the quiet and a few prominent women and large number of Greeks who worshiped God. But many of the Jews were motivated by bitter jealousy, formed a large mob out of the troublemakers and unsavory characters. Street gangs inside a riot. How many of you been watching the news? I dare you, go home and Google Martin Luther King walking in Selma, Alabama. When the cops full of racism were beating them and see what kind of riot they insisted. I dare look at your research when he blew up his home in Atlanta and they threatened his family. I dare find the retaliation. Friend, we got problems in America. Meanwhile, we come to church dressed up in our little Sunday suit. We play the three songs, drop a little token in the plate and we rock right on. Maybe, maybe I'm just getting too, maybe I'm just hanging out with the Lord too much in the woods that I'm called just to go preach out there and holler in the creek. I don't know. I might get too ugly to even bring before people. I don't know. But they're riding in the streets in Acts 17. People's upset. They've incited a riot. But it's not the unjust killing of a man. Now I'll never belittle that. They're upset because two preachers have come to town. They're upset because Paul and Silas have shown up. And it said, these men have turned our city upside down. When is the last time we saw the headlines in the Valdosta time? The ministerial alliance has torn the city upside down. When is the last time we saw Cook County News? The preacher at Cornerstone has turned the city upside down. Oh my God, I pray we make the front times of every news. Come on, somebody. I pray a move of God comes to this nation at CNN, Fox News, MSNBC has forced to bring their cameras through the door. Come on, somebody, and say what in the world is going on up in here? I preached 15 years ago. 10, not 15. I'm going to say 10. And I showed Dr. King and his speech on the wall in Washington. I have a dream that one day, that one day, even in the deep south of Alabama, somebody posted, you know, on, on earth, somebody, that's just another day in the south. It's not the south in my city. You can't judge by two ignorant people and call that the whole city. 
You got people to hear me preach that ride in on the Look at that white racist Republican that has no clue about my life nor what I do. I challenge you, get in my truck and let's ride to Brushy Creek. Let's ride to Briar Cliff. Let's rise to the worst section of this city. And you, my brother-in-law went to Walmart with me yesterday and I had four times as many people of color come up to me and say, hey, Pastor John, when we going to church again over white people? You don't know me. Come on, somebody. I done laid it bare, ain't I? I got upset about some preachers because the preachers come to town. But Martin Luther said, one day, Sister Katie said, one day, in the deep south, in Alabama, in Alabama, George Wallace is dead and change came. Because now at the ramp in Hamilton, Alabama, little black boys and little white girls are dancing hand in hand. And what brought them together wasn't the kneeling on the football field. What brought them together was a man named Jesus and a real encounter with the living Christ is what brought them together. And that is what will bring us together in the South again. Come on, somebody. It's a fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost. We were in Columbus, Ohio. We were in Columbus, Ohio, right on the front row. This dear brother grabbed the mic. My God, I got it on my phone. We were gathered around the kettle pot that Will Ford and Matt Lockett carry. Think about this. If you've never heard their story, you all right? I'll preach for a while, okay? Some would say you're long-winded. But if you get done before I do, you're welcome to go. Here's two men that met at the Lincoln Memorial in D.C. A man by the name of Will Ford who's got a kettle pot handed down to his family for over 200 years, whose family was, who his family, his ancestors, was slave in Lake Charles, Louisiana. He runs into a guy by the name of Matt Lockett because Will is sharing his grandmother's name was a Lockett. Come to find out these two men meet and realize that Matt, the white guy, his family owned Will's family in Lake Charles, Louisiana. It's, it's called The Dream King. Read the book. It's a phenomenal writing. They stood in my house. If those two men can travel the nation together, sleep in the same hotel room, don't tell me there can't be healing in America. It starts with the preacher. Man. If they would cut all media off in this nation, we could heal this nation. I'm out here on some limbs today, Sister Katie, but I just want to say the truth. Love me or hate me, I'm trying to preach truth. But in 2017, there was 223 black men killed by cops in this nation. And there was 460 white males killed by cops in this nation. How many times did you see that printed on the news? Name me one white man that's been killed by a white cop or, or, or black cop in this nation. I'm telling you, the media is trying to force something in this nation to divide us. If the preacher don't stand up, what unites us is the blood of Jesus. I got the same blood in my veins as Sister Katie's got in her veins. We've been adopted as children of God from the Most High. Come on, somebody. And the same blood is running in us. Don't you let come in this city because a video circulating of two dumb rednecks steal what God is trying to build in this city of unity. I feel bold as a lion this morning, but I know it's God. 
this is our town, church. This is our city, and it belongs to Yahweh. I said it belongs to Yahweh. Listen to this. I want to close with this. I'm going to try to bring some type of closure to this. I was reading a book. This book is it's, it's just impacting me. It's just good. I mean, I just read this book in one day. And I mean, like, oh my God. The Holy Spirit. The church in America took the Holy Spirit out of the church. And when they made that decision, America left the church. One hundred churches close in America every seven days. Six thousand per year right now. Where's the preacher? Six thousand will close in a year. And yet we have people say, well, look at look at Amazon, look at what they're doing in there trading new grounds and for surely we need to take that model into the church listen to this Amazon did not create more people wanting a product what they did was made the product more accessible and cheaper therefore by making it convenient to the people oh I'm about to preach I am So the church has taken the model of Amazon. We're going to make it more convenient and a whole lot easier. Don't you ever think revival will ever come and hit this nation because we got skinny jeans and smoke smoke machines and fancy lights up in here and singing some new guitar lick it'll never happen. When David tried to move the cart, he said he when David tried to move the ark, he went and built a new ark and he said we're gonna roll it right on into Jerusalem. But he came to Nacon's threshing floor and God caused the oxen to stumble and the anger of the Lord broke out against Judah. And David said, We gotta go back to proper order. Revival comes by one way. It's found in Second Chronicles 7, verse 14. If my people but yet, man, I, I, I'm not going to get into this. Lord, help me not go down this. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves. Let me tell you something, friend. We need the hand of God more now than we've ever needed it before. I sh- they, we should at least got one grunt right there. But you realize it's not just my job. It's not just my job. It takes a believer like Rosa Parks, tired from a hard day's work. I'm not going to the back of the bus today, Jack. That's it. Maybe she had enough. I'm not going to the back of the bus. It ain't happening. I'm not moving so some jackleg can get my seat. When there's no different than me but the color or the pigmentation of my skin. I'm not moving. I mean, come hell or high water, I'm not moving. When, when I was in India, you didn't get baptized in the tank till you made a public confession, not of salvation, that you would die for the Lord Jesus. But yet in America, we, we, we bring you down, we recite a prayer. Because you recite the prayer, you counted as one of the children of God. Go live it the best you can. Show me where that is in the book of Acts. I will show you where they continue daily, steadfast in the apostles' doctrine. Breaking bread from house to house and God was adding to the church daily the number that should be saved. When Jesus got ready to leave the earth, he said, it is to your advantage that I go away. What a shock. Why would he say such a thing? It is to your advantage that I go away. The Holy Ghost was not to fill some void. Come on, somebody. It was the exact representation. Come on, somebody. So that they would not move it. That's why in Acts 1, verse 4, he said, go, you tarry into Jerusalem and you wait until the promise comes. But know this, after the promise comes, you shall receive power to be a witness unto me. This is why we need the Holy Ghost in the church in America. Not for tongues. 
Don't sell him short because your little Pentecostal daughter said, well, the evidence is speaking in other tongues. Have you not read 1 Samuel 10 and 6? It says this, that when the Spirit of the Lord God shall come upon you, Saul, you shall be turned into another man. That is the evidence that the baptism of the Holy Ghost has arrived on the house. We are turned into another man. Lord, how much I've hollered up in this room. So you go to Jerusalem and you wait. You wait. You stay right there. You don't move. You stay right there. You stay right there. William Booth, who is the founder of the Salvation Army, said this. He said, in, he says, I have a fear that in the last days there will come a breed, that they will preach repentance. They will preach uh, salvation without repentance. They will preach heaven without hell. And they will preach salvation without a cross. Well, don't God want me just to live my best life, preacher? No, he's trying to get you to lose your life. That's the message he preached. Your best life is found in your lost life. If any man shall lose his life for my sake, he shall find life. But if any man loses his life for my sake, any man save his life, he shall lose his life. So you go back and you see what's happening across this nation. Our universities have been hijacked. No longer are students taught how to think, they're taught what to think. The average believer that leaves the church in America don't have enough apologetics to stand through one class to give testimony of why you believe. When Darwinism is, man, come on, somebody. And I had to calm down. I just do. We can't solve it all in one day. But how many knows we put a dent in it today? How many knows? Let's stand up on our feet. I feel like today we got to come forward. Can we just come forward as a family? Can we come forward as a family? Right here. Somebody said, well, hey, if you're worried about the distance, if you're worried about social distance, don't, don't, don't crowd upon people. I'm just going to pray. Somebody asked, somebody might matter. We were talking about this the other day. You know the comments that they put on your live feed or whatever. People put, some people put ugly stuff or whatever they do, whatever. There's a thing that I got on my phone, and it's a picture of a lion. And it said lions never concern themselves with the affairs of, of the opinions of sheep. You think a lion Roman across the tundra is worried about what a hyena is thinking I'm not talking about arrogance but I am talking about a preacher that is sent from God it's businessmen like Terry says I don't give a flip how you're going to run your business this is how my business is going to run and we're going to trust God's going to provide for us come on somebody it's, it's men in the schools that challenge and say listen I don't care what they're doing up there it ain't going to happen here FCA is our last opportunity in this nation to get on the campus. So we've got to take Stanton and put his little old name tag, FCA, to go into the schools to openly talk about Jesus. Because I can't go in there. But what they cannot stop is that one right there. What they cannot stop is that one right there. They said Evan Roberts was so locked in on God that there was times he would stare off into space and people thought he would people thought he was just in a trance. Some people said he may be a lunatic. Some said he may have, I mean, he may be moonstruck in the mind. We don't know what's wrong with him. 
as he was staring off into that empty space, God was impregnating him in the womb of his spirit for a whole nation of whales to be saved. And he was believing God for 100,000 youth in, in, in a year, and God gave it to him in three months. These are the preachers. Going is as a student in the classroom. Bowing their head over their food. When the dirty joke's told at the table, you don't grin or smirk. You live with the reality that you're from another dimension. Come on, somebody. We're the only creatures on the face of this planet with dual citizenship in earth and in heaven. But make no mistake about it. We in a body, but we are a spirit. Come on, somebody. And I live every day with the burning flame in my heart that my God, I'm just like the instructions. I, I'm telling you this. I believe God wants to just, we in this right here. God wants to engrave some 2 Timothy 4, 12 that despise not, not thy youth, but be thou an example of the faith. We're going to see high schools overtaken by the power of God. Listen, the enemy's having a heyday right now. He's out on the camera. But let me tell you this, he was also hooking and bucking for three days when the Christ lay in the tomb. He was never in the tomb, friend. Don't mistake that. He was in Hades preaching the gospel, reclaiming the keys to death, hell, and the grave. My Bible says in Colossians chapter 2, verse 15, that Christ stripped him. Come on, somebody. Made an open shame of him. Disarmed him. Church, he's disarmed. He's stripped. Father, I pray today. I preached all I know to preach, Father. God, I pray, grip us. God, I pray today to be gripped. Paul said, I have been apprehended. And I want to apprehend that which has apprehended me. I pray today, Father, awaken our hearts. Break off lethargicness. Break off apathy. Let us stand afresh with a fresh zeal, realizing that we are the answer in our community. God, that thou hast listened. Everybody quotes Luke 4, 18. Where Jesus stood up and he said, For the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because. That because, friend, is what God wants to ignite in your heart. Why are you anointed? Because. God wants to answer that because. Pick that up right there. Come on, you praying? Don't watch me pray. Cleve, hand me one of those books right there underneath my Bible. Right there. Trent Smith, come here. I can tell you this. When I read this, I see you in the pages of this book. You are no spectator in this house. There's times you say, my God, when, when is this going to happen? When is that going to happen? I'm telling you, God is branding you. You are a marked man. You hear me? If there's ever been a man marked by God, I'm telling you, if I've ever seen a man marked by God, you are marked by God. Don't you limit yourself to preaching behind the pulpit. You are. You got a coat like Joseph. It's multicolored. It's multifaceted. It's deep. I'm just telling you. That's why folk look at you. They don't understand you. I don't even understand you. But I'm telling you this, God understands you. You are fearfully made in your mother's womb. You are blazing a trail. You are a pioneer. What you are doing is working. Don't you stop. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. God's building something great in you. Watch what God is building in you will go from generation to generation. It will never be stopped. I'm telling you, there is a river that is forming deep within you. Just stay in the hold. Stay in the process. Don't, don't, don't just don't despise where you're at. Everything you ever dreamed, God's gonna make it happen. It's right in front of you. It's right underneath your feet. You just hold to the process. I pray when you read this book, it burn you. There's so much practical wisdom in here for a young man. Don't compromise the gospel. Don't compromise your call to fit in. Don't worry about because that one's doing that. I got to do that. No, God made you unique. He made you different. Celebrate your differences. 
Celebrate your uniqueness. God does not need another me. He's got one. He don't need another T.D. Jakes, Bannon Leaps, or nothing. Chris Overstreet, whoever you the guys. You are the guy. You are the man called by God. I pray burning words into your heart, into your spirit. I pray God anoint you when you read this, you lock away from this. Listen, it's one of the most powerful things. If you, at the back of this book, Mario received a call from a man. He said, I want you to go preach for my son. He said, will you go to the mountains of California and preach for my son? Mario said, yes, sir. He said, I'll go preach for him. He said, when he went there, he saw a desperation in this man that he had never seen. But he said, he said that God told him, he said, this man is on the precipice of something beyond anything we've ever seen. He said, when he went back, he said it was like the cry in that man's heart had grew beyond anything he could even recognize even before. And he told him, he said, I've never seen a cry deep in a man's heart like this. That man was Earl Johnson. You know that man today who he was sent to preach for in the mountains of California. His name Bill Johnson. Look at what God's doing today, but he was doing it inside of his heart when he was in the mountains of California. I'm telling you what God's doing with you in this place and it stands living room. It may take decades to be seen, but I'm telling you the world will see it. There's that type of passion and fire inside of your Lord's Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, a fresh fire of the glory of God would come on him and burn him when he speaks God. Let it challenge. Let it challenge. Let him be a troubler in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Raise your hands. Come on, church. We got to pray. We got to pray. I just can't pray for you. You got to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for a fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost in this house on our lives. I pray for hunger like never before. God, let us rise and build. Let the plumb line be in our hand. Let the preacher preach. Let the preacher preach. Open our mouth, Psalms 8110. Open thy mouth and I will fill it. Give us boldness, Peter cried out in Acts 4. If let, whether it be all right to obey you or obey God, we cannot speak. We cannot help but speak the things which we have seen and heard. God grant with us with boldness that we may preach the word of God. Let us be like Elijah on Mount Carmel to stand up against the soothsayers of today and call fire from heaven. God, anoint us. Stretch forth your hand through the church for signs, wonders, and miracles in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, church, this is what I want you to do. I want you to do erupt in praise in this house. If you believe what I preached this morning is, is the word of God, I want you to let God say, you hear your voice saying yes and amen to the word of God in this house this morning. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, Hunter, pray over my sick. Jesus, we thank you for this day. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for the, the love that you have for us. We thank you for we thank you for what you're doing on the eats on the inside of each of us. That it, that it transforms the inside of us that hey as it impacts us it impacts the people around us that it impacts the people around us it impacts a community and a region a state and then a nation it starts here why not us Jesus we love you we ask that this is not just another day this is a pivotal moment in each of our lives we ask that you bless this day and this week and this moving forward today was a day that we're marked forever in Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed our message of the week. Thanks for joining us. Our passion at Cornerstone is our family atmosphere built on deep relationships. We want to connect with you. Please take a moment and download our app and connect with us on social media to stay updated with all things Cornerstone. We pray you have a wonderful week.